0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.
1: Um, yeah today we are going to do a collaboration which is a little bit different because to me they're going to review a book today and it's none other than odyssey by homer unfortunately not homer simpson i had to do that joke <laughs> but uh, the famous odyssey and of course if you are a history buff like me and if, especially on antiquity this is a must read and unfortunately I didn't actually read it I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest but I listened to it on audiobook with, uh, because I work quite a lot where I am able to listen to audiobooks and the great Ian McKellen was the one who read the audiobook. so that was yeah. a, that was worthwhile but uh, what is it about the Odyssey, Odyssey you think that uh, makes you stand the test of time until today?
0: I mean the thing is it is the stereotypical epic, you know, the epic poem, the epic story that that so many things then are based on. And it, we, we can tell, you know, it wasn't just another another piece of literature even to the greeks you know e- even to them it the, the iliad and the odyssey in particular you know both of homer's works were the pinnacle you know homer was was seen as being above hesiod or any other kind of poems or any of the kind of playwrights that came later in classical antiquity it was just this is the the standard for this kind of work and that would have you know been something that they would have then passed on you know through the future and when the romans came into to, to athens you know they were very very respectful of athenian culture so it would have kept some of its prestige and and i guess it's just survived you know from from there and obviously we take a lot of things that have passed on through history from the greeks and from the romans um but it still holds up as a piece of literature i mean i've just reread it there for the, I've, I've read it a few years ago but i just reread it uh, last week or the week before and i mean it, it is still a good read it's something it that i would so- say about the odyssey that i wouldn't say about the iliad is that it still holds up just as a story just as a novel mm. you know
1: in a way, wasn't this the first world world's first sequel,
0: in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is. And the interesting thing is, you know, it, it is a sequel to the Iliad. Um But you don't have to read
1: the Iliad. You don't have in... to
0: read. No, I mean, to be honest, I would I actually didn't... recommend reading the Odyssey first.
1: Yeah, that's what I did. I haven't read the Iliad yet. I, I want to because, you know, as, as famously, this the Iliad also in inspired Anacreonus Alexiad. You just see that similarities there
0: yeah here's the problem i have um the odyssey still holds up as a nice story you know you could give that to someone Mm. who'd never heard of ancient greece and they could read it and just think this is a cool story Mm. whereas the the iliad you couldn't yeah you know it, it and it's it can be a bit more boring to be honest, you know, and I mean, this is coming from someone who reads ancient Greek court speeches and histories and biographies and anything I can get my hands on, but I struggle with the Iliad. It's a really dull book. It's a blow by blow Mm. account that, you know, just pages and pages and pages of this person hit this person and this person hit this person. Mm. It's very, very tedious. Whereas the Odyssey is actually an epic, you know, you can see them making a movie of the Odyssey today still.
1: I'm surprised, quite surprised they did try to make one in the 90s but I'm quite surprised they haven't made one in re- remade with the technology we have today. I'm, I know, surprised. I'm surprised as
0: well to be honest there's, there's so much from the ancient Greek canon that, that could be remade into movies. Um, you know Hollywood's running out of ideas if, guys yeah. there's so much just waiting to be remade. It definitely
1: would be a blockbuster and you don't have to read a book as well to see the, if you want to see the movie Yeah but let's talk about before we get into the story. Let's talk about your podcast first. And we me talk a little bit about because this this episode will be published on Book Boys and it will be published on my yeah, podcast. Yeah, so we're we're so doubling you, this one up. Yeah, so let's first let's first start talking about your podcast
0: first. So, cool. so my podcast is called Books Boys, and I host that uh, with my friend PJ and it's a monthly uh, book review where we basically tick, we just chat about the books we've been reading that month. So in a similar way that I'm going to chat about The Odyssey now, we would just chat about whatever books we've been reading throughout the month, and then we give some recommendations. And usually we interview an author as well every episode.
1: And um, no, my podcast is, for those who listen on my, on my episode on which one I publish is about history, where I interview historians every week and we talk about New topics like uh, early today, I recorded that. Well, uh, early last week for this episode, I recorded an episode of a two part episode about the Danish Empire with some Danish writers about who wrote about the uh, historical Danish Empire. And I, I started plenty of episodes on ancient Rome and um, um, American history. But I tried to do any kind of history from ancient Romans to, to until today.
0: I've listened to um, probably about half of your episodes. Actually, mm. I particularly I, I started. I wanted to start with the earliest uh, episodes yep. in terms of history. So I'm, I listened to the Egyptian one and yeah. some of the Ro- the Roman army type ones and, and you know early Roman emperor mm. uh, empire type episodes.
1: Yeah, I ended up uh, buying uh, book about uh, the Roman army. I'm reading uh, Mary Bird's book right now, but I'm looking forward to reading that one after.
0: Awesome. No, I mean, Greece is, is my... So I, I studied ancient history in school and we did modules in both, you know, ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Um, I just chose to, to then continue with Greece. So mm-hmm. I did study a little bit of ancient Rome, but, you know, so I do have an interest uh, in that. But Greece yeah. was just the one, that, the one that really spoke to me more.
1: Yeah. yeah, fair enough. For me, it's always been Rome, but I intend to do more Greece history. I definitely want to look more into that because it's fascinating as well.
0: It is the... I don't know. Maybe ancient Athens is the the best civilization we've ever had. I, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still problems with it. They still had slavery. They still, you know, was a very. Sexist it just society, seemed really like a you know. chill
1: society, to be honest. Like just chilling, drinking wine, then. <laughs> and lots of at I, times, Lots of at times.
0: at times, there's this nice idea that you know every day was just. Walking around the Agora. Yeah, with, obviously, it's it awesome. I mean, we got you know, I mean,
1: the Peloponnesian yeah. War and this. Yeah,
0: exactly. During war, that man. entire period, they were at war. so...
1: Yeah. But yeah, let's get into the Odyssey and start from the beginning, I suggest.
0: Yeah. So I mean,
1: it doesn't start with. So it's about Odysseus initially, who's traveling back to. I forgot his home, his home country. So you gotta refresh me. So he's heading back to Ithaca. Um, yeah, Ithaca. Now, basically, it doesn't. It doesn't start with Odysseus.
0: It starts. It doesn't start with him. It starts with his son Telemachus. Um, I don't know. I mean, just as a, as a preface to this, Telemachus is an interesting character because I, I'm not a big fan. I love Odysseus. I'm just not a big fan mm. of his son. But um, maybe that'll kind of bear out as we talk about it.
1: Yeah, and he's set up uh, because his father's been gone for about banished by the gods for. 10 years and his son is he does not like the suitors because his wife or this his wife is supposed to get married again because they think he's dead and uh, he wants to find his father to prove that he's still alive so that's yeah what they, they so, so this essentially
0: started. it essentially picks up on you know where, where the, the iliad is about the the siege of troy um, and then this is the aftermath specifically yeah. for Odysseus and, and, and his family. Um, so, you know, everyone's returned from Troy now, except for Odysseus and his, you know, a few crewmen of his. Uh, and they're the only ones who haven't returned. And, you know, that was a 10-year siege at Troy. And we've now had another almost 10 years. You know, he's gone 19 years, I think, altogether. Mm. So it it's an, an insane period of time to be gone. And you're right, there, there are these suitors who have moved into his his home with his wife, Penelope, and his son, Telemachus, and they're essentially saying, well, you know, he's been gone for almost two decades. you got to marry one of us. Yeah. You know, and she keeps kind of saying, like, yeah, like, in theory, you know, maybe that's going to happen soon, but in reality, she's not taking any steps to pick one of them, and there seems to be, like, a hundred of them. Like, there's a ridiculous amount of them eating all their yeah. food and slaughtering all their animals and abusing the servants. Friendly bunch. And, from what I... From what i see like sexually abusing the maids is mentioned actually once or twice as well so she's running rampant in the house essentially
1: yeah and uh, you can see why she don't want to marry them
0: yeah i mean they don't they don't present themselves very positively but uh, at the same time you know penelope's supposed to be the archetypal perfect wife mm. you know she's no matter how long odysseus is gone she's still in love with odysseus yeah. and she just sits around at her loom and spindle, you know, we- weaving her fabric and and yep. reminiscing about her husband and never moving on.
1: Now he, now his son does meet a god before he leaves, and that tells him that I don't, I forget the name of the god. I'm trying to forget a lot. In it's this. a, it's Athena. It's Athena. Athena yeah. I, I was, I was, wasn't sure. I was about to say, but I wasn't sure if it was her. <laughs> but yeah, like no, she meets Athena, she tells her him that he's alive and that she has to set on a journey to find and that's initially where part one
0: starts yeah pr- pretty much that's that's where we start uh, Telemachus would have liked you know the others in the town kind of the the elders or whatever to kind of get on board with him in kicking out the suitors and going to find his dad uh, but no one really seems to be that interested so you know off he goes basically by himself and it's it's curious because everyone's worried about Per Telemachus as though he's just a kid who can't handle himself. Mm. What you know, I, I, all the crazy feats that his dad had done, you know, and they don't they kind of they don't see him as being equal to those. Mm.
1: And it does find pe try to find people who fought with his father and it tries to ask them what where they last saw him, haven't did anything he's alive and it's trying to gather information from those who fought with his father
0: ten years yeah. ago. Now, a lot of this is going to focus on the the trials that Odysseus goes through, but let's talk about the trials Telemachus goes through. It's almost yeah. nothing. I mean, his journey and his story is is laughable in comparison. He goes to it Menelaus, is. who was uh, the the husband of, and a king of Sparta and a, and a husband of Helen, who was you know the face that launched a thousand ships, yeah. the reason for the Trojan War. And oh,
1: to be honest, oh, his story is kind of forgettable.
0: It is. He's irrelevant, to be honest. <laughs> he is. Because he just goes to find his dad. He gets, you know, he speaks with Menelaus. He yeah. just kind of hangs out, chills for a bit. Yes, okay. Later they do think about killing him, but he seems to easily escape that, comes back, and that's it. Like his story is. is and it's not really match.
1: mentioned until Odysseus is back from his journey as well.
0: He disappears, I think, from. Now I'm going to be approximate, but from roughly page. Sixty to you know two hundred something. Yeah, like he disappears.
1: <laughs> so you can see how irrelevant he is, and that it was just a fill. He's it's tr- kind of a filler story, to be honest.
0: Yeah, he, he is now. He does become important at the end. You, you know when he teams up yeah. with Odysseus. and um, we'll get to that later. But yeah, he's the he's the intro and he's the outro. He doesn't really do a lot, and the- he's gone from the entire middle of the book.
1: Mm. And then, the, and where does we, do we leave? I to this. Where, uh, sorry, I, I'm bad with names, but where do where do we leave him? Telemachus. Telemachus, that's it.
0: So yeah, so he's with Menelaus and he's just chatting with Menelaus and Helen. And here's an and there's an interesting thing, and um, because there's two different there's two different kind of um historical views on Helen. Um because she either she's this virtuous wife who was who was kidnapped, and you know, there's this amazing siege to, to get her back. Or she was a bit of a, you know, conniving cheater who went off with someone else, mm. and then this possessive and obsessive husband kidnapped her back. So there's like two completely different ways that you can view it. And I mean, and you do see even in the in the classical plays, which are usually based loosely on on the Odyssey or the Iliad, mm. there are um, different interpretations available. Homer himself chooses to have Helen deliver this lovely little speech, where she says that um, Aphrodite, you know, the goddess of love, basically, you know, confused her and off she went yeah. with someone else. But then she overcame it and was very happy to be rescued, which I suppose is the the easiest way out for all parties concerned. Yeah,
1: and then we go back to Odysseus, or not back where we meet Odysseus for the first time. And if I remember correctly, he is in Ethiopia. I would say.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, I think more, or, more or less, but he's he's on an island specifically, a small island, um, yeah. uh, with with the goddess Calypso. And Calypso, you know, she's a goddess, but she's not an Olympian goddess. So we're talking an isolated island where it's pretty much just her, and you yeah. know, and she has this man captured. And he's. I mean, to be honest,
1: time. I wouldn't complain about being stranded on the island with her.
0: I mean, that's the thing. He's stuck there, and you know, they're supposed to be maybe. Not even peril, but just the idea that he's he's kidnapped. But actually, he's sleeping with her every night. He's yeah. dining at her palace. They're having a quite. I a mean, nice I wouldn't complain it, if you know? that was me, you know, <laughs> with a goddess, you know, he's he's having it pretty easy.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's not a. It could be worse than ban-
0: banishment. Well, look, that's the thing, you know. Getting getting is never great, but if yeah. you must get kidnapped, in the house of a goddess, I suppose, is is the best way to go. You know? Yeah. And
1: so he he he's He decides that it's
0: time to escape. And how that, how does he try to escape? So he does. At this point, still have some crewmen um, available, and but he he needs to figure out why he's been secluded this whole time. Why is he stuck there? So you know, it kind of occurs to him, well, I must have annoyed one of the gods because that's the reason for everything in these yeah. stories. You know, one of the gods is annoyed. And um, so he, he speaks I believe it was to...
1: Zeus, if I'm not mistaken.
0: No, it was well, well, Zeus is kind of in on it. Um, but the god who is principally annoyed is his brother, Poseidon, mm-hmm. the, the sea god. Yeah. So Zeus is actually in this and in a lot of Greek literature, Zeus doesn't really do actually that much. He's kind of in charge and people will ask him for advice or permission but he's never the instigator of a lot of things. Um, So it's it's Poseidon who's doing that. And what he has to do, he has to go through this interesting trial where essentially there's this this, this old guy who knows which God it is and, and Odysseus needs to find out. And this guy is a kind of shapeshifter. So he has to hold on to him and pin him down. And then the guy turns into like a bunch of different animals and he just has to keep holding him down until he goes through all his different forms. Even when he turns into water and could slip away or fire to, to you know, I could burn your hands. Just keep holding him down. This is what his his daughter tells Odysseus, his daughter, you know, uh, hold him down. And eventually, you know, you will you will get an answer from him. He'll, he'll exhaust himself. He'll go back to his normal form and he'll tell you which God you have annoyed. And of course, he then says, yes, it is Poseidon
1: and he tries to make a raft and he tries to get away but Poseidon managed to get a, create a storm and then he does uh, he keeps getting his raft destroyed and has to go back every every time initially
0: yeah i mean he he goes around the sea and he spends you know a few years now just traveling around the sea on his sort of ship constantly getting lost in one place and another and you know mm-hmm. Poseidon constantly interfering with him and he never seems to go where he's going. He he goes in circles at one point, actually. There's a few places he ends up visiting twice. Um, specifically, he goes, he goes back to um later on we'll see Cersei. He goes back to her twice, yeah. and he meets some of the monsters twice. So he, he he doesn't have a straight path because let's be honest, the ancient Greek world's not very big, you know. Yeah. It doesn't take years to to sail across, but he just doesn't have a, an easy time of it.
1: Yeah, and then now the technology we have today to finish. <laughs> To try to navigate the inner so kind of been easy
0: yeah it always reminds me of the um kind of the moses story you know where they go through the desert and takes yeah. them 40 days and, and actually could walk across it in like a few hours or something it's kind of similar yeah. like he could have sailed home in a day but it took you know 10 years or something yeah. like that to
1: so what, what happened next and when he finally gets on the raft and he finally gets going
0: so he gets going um so basically what happens is he, he, land, he actually does land somewhere. He get you know, this, this, the sea storms and everything. And um, mm-hmm. he eventually does land somewhere and with the, with the aid of some nymphs and um, he says, what country have I come to now? What kind of people are here? Some brutal tribe of lawless savages or kindly and God fearing folk. So he lands somewhere and he just has no idea what it is. And he sees some girls that he assumes are, you know, nymphs, mm-hmm. uh, river nymphs or, you know, grass meadow nymphs, um, you know, they sound like Pokemon almost yeah. with their different types. But um, so he creeps out from under the bushes. And this is quite startling because he's naked at this point, you know, from from all the ship yeah. uh, troubles and skins peeling off his hands and everything else. And he comes out naked and he basically says, well, I'm just going to jump up and scare these girls. So he mm-hmm. points like a mountain lion. And, you know, he like, about to hunt oxen, you know, and he, naked as he was, he bears down upon these gentle girls. And, you know, some of them run off and that's that's fine. But Alcinoos's I mean, I would
1: too, to be honest.
0: Not. Yeah, I mean, I would run off. You know, uh, to be fair, if this, you know, because he's a big you muscle. Can't bl- you can't blame. You can't blame me. You know, <laughs> you definitely can't blame them. And but Alcinous, daughter uh, actually takes a liking to him. Now, he then goes to the palace of Alcinous, and there's a lot of kings and sort of. Sub kings in different areas because you know you didn't travel around much, so you could kind of be yeah. the king of one village in in those days, you know. So he goes to the palace of of Asanois and you know he he seems like a good chap. He's 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 hanging out. He, the daughter clearly likes him. He's he's also then having, to be honest, a relatively easy time again at the palace of of, yeah. of but
1: isn't this where he find out that his man has been kidnapped as well? That they are still they're still alive as well.
0: Yeah, so he does have some guys that we we find out are are still alive. It's also around the same time. I, I skipped a little bit, and um, we we over we overlooked one thing, which is around this time. You know, Telemachus is at this point still with Menelaus. Yeah. Um, the suitors decide to send a few of their number to lay a trap for him and kill him on his way back. Okay, yeah. so that's the only piece of peril that that Telemachus will face, and Athena just helps him through it like a doddle. He doesn't even see them in in ambush. Um, but that's that's his story. Uh, this is kind of you know they're they're taking place in yeah. in parallel. And did Athena
1: um, as well want kind of a gift from from him as well as a payment sort of, if I remember correctly? What's that? Sorry, she wanted Athena wanted a gift from him as well, kind of a, as a payment, something gold
0: for helping me out if i remember correctly um i don't remember specifically but it happens a lot where you will have to then go and give some kind of of sacrifice mm-hmm. and, and and praise to the gods i mean that, that was the problem in the first place is that they didn't yeah. go through all the sacrifices and offerings to poseidon and to the gods that's what caused all this trouble yeah. so at several points in the novel they then say you know well as soon as i get back i'm going to make a great offering to this god mm-hmm. and this person who helped me and you know and there's actually a lot of that um and that's you know that that's fine that was that was the the kind of norma at the time um while he's in the palace of alsanois they they do some games the phoenician games um so it's just your, your greek olympic style you know sports you know discus and running and so forth and um at first you know he doesn't want to Really participates, but one of the yeah. guys kind of eggs him on. He's a bit rude. He says, "You know, you're coming here and you're you're crap." You know, so then he gets up and he 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 takes on some of the sports and he wins. You know, yeah. at, at anything I mean, obviously, to yeah, because yeah, he's a <laughs> They they describe him several times as godlike. You know, yeah. so he's not just a normal guy. He's he's a he's a big impressive uh, warrior.
1: And then he finds out about this witch on this island, which, uh, has, which has the power to to transform people into animals. And just, yeah, and so that's coming th- up.
0: There's two things. That's the second thing that happens. But, but basically, we now enter a period where he, in al palace, he starts to regale them with his adventures that he's already done. So actually, a large portion of the middle of this book is set in is a story that he's telling it's it's said in the recent past it's not current Uh, in a way that's a mistake because it means that you know he's going to survive because he's sitting telling you the story so that's it 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 reduces the peril sadly um but cersei you're talking of she's the second one the first one is the cyclops
1: yeah oh yeah i forgot about cyclops yeah
0: yeah so they they go to this again they're just you know traveling around at this point on the on the on the raft and they're getting shipwrecked here and there and whatever and starving and you know, clothes blown off in the sea, skin flailed off, you yeah. know. So there's a lot of this going on and eventually they land. No, somewhere. As we, should,
1: we should probably mention that and, and it's worth mentioning, but I forget I do forget which Cyclops is son of some Greek mythology is not my strong suit here. But he is this, the Cyclops is the son of a certain god as well
0: it's off Poseidon. So this is the, this is the reason that Poseidon is, I mean, yes, they didn't make the right sacrifices. That was part of it. And, but the specific reason why other than any other God Poseidon is so on Odysseus's uh, tail here is because of what happens with the Cyclops. Yeah. So these big one-eyed monsters, I mean, everyone knows what a Cyclops is, I guess. And, you know, they're in a little village and Odysseus and, and some of his men who are at this point, you know, still alive, they they arrive uh, in, in the village, and they decide, you know, he's got some sheep and everything else, let's see what we can help ourselves to, and they end up trapped in a cave with the Cyclops, okay? Now, Odysseus obviously he's the one they always look to not just because he's their commander but because he's the strongest and the quickest witted as well so he's he's a perfect all round specimen you know someone yeah. that a wife will wait twenty years to see again you know he's he's the perfect man yeah <laughs> and they all look to him for you know for help
1: except for a few adulteries around here and there
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that's the thing yeah he he does have a few adulteries actually not you know, with goddesses you know and so forth but yeah so. They have the Cyclops, and this is this big, monstrous guy who could, you know, grind their bones to make his bread, essentially, you know, and they're terrified, and he wants to eat humans, yeah. and I think he does kill a few of the, of the number, but they're, they're worried about what's going to happen here. So, so what happens is um, Odysseus originally, you know, just wants to take him on and fight him, but then he thinks better of it. He thinks, well, I can't do that because, you know, even if I attack him, even if I have some success he might not die or his friends might come and they'll kill all my men. So it's not a good plan to just attack him outright. Um, so what they decide to do is they need to escape. Yeah. Um, so they they do this trick where they hide underneath these big sheep that he has and they they each attach themselves, you know, they just grab on to like the underbelly of the sheep and get escorted out of the cave under under the sheep and silly old Cyclops doesn't see it happen. Um But there's this nice scene where the Cyclops asks Odysseus, who is he? And he says, I'm nobody. But then what happens is, you know, Odysseus obviously can't resist. And while the Cyclops is asleep, they give him plenty of wine. And, you know, at one point, while he's asleep, they stab his eye out. So the Cyclops is now blind. And this is what enrages Poseidon. But the problem is, he told them that his name is nobody. So we get this nice little joke. Where he goes to all his friends and says, you know, nobody has done this to me. I can't see, but nobody has done it. And mm-hmm. they all say, well, if no one's done it, then, you know, you've done it yourself or whatever. Yeah. So just a little, a little word trick there. It's it's yeah. a bit silly, but.
1: And then he draws off and he finally managed to escape. And then he goes and hear about his witch, as we talked about earlier.
0: Yes, we now meet Cersei. Um, not Cersei Lannister, um, no. but the, the goddess... Uh, Cersei and she she sort of lives in my impression is it's a beautiful Disney castle basically and they they go up and they hear you know beautiful singing and she's a fair goddess but they find these weird you know almost Alice in Wonderland type characters you know these anthropomorphic sort of animals but they're very strange because these animals—they're—they're they're friendly and nice. Yeah. They're not attacking. You know, we're talking lions and things like that, but yeah. they're not attacking. Um, so Odysseus sends some of his men in, and they get turned into animals. So now we yeah. find out what's happening. Cersei's no. giving people a banquet and turning them into animals.
1: Now actually, I wanted to mention this because I was watching a long time ago, but I, there was there is a theory that there is some truth to this that this should actually have happened, but. They mentioned drugs in the book as well, and that should be part of it, that, that because of were taking drugs, they could make believe that they were, they were turned into animals because of the drugs that they took. So that should be more or less some truth of this. And of course, again, they did not know much about drugs or or medicine at that time of as we know today. So that it could be very well be some truth that the drugs may believe. It's it's
0: it's very, very possible. I mean if you, you were even talking about the um so Pythia, the, the oracle at Dionysius, when you go up yeah. to, to speak, you know, her, her entire job was to be a priestess who would essentially be high the whole time you yeah. know, from these fumes and and, and spout nonsense. Prophecies, I know somebody uh, would
1: know. love that job.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people would like that job.
1: <laughs> but yeah, like, so, so there could be some truth that it actually believe that they were animals not that they were but they believed it because they the believed drugs. it
0: that, yeah I mean, obviously yeah it's it's fair to say they weren't really animals but they very well may have believed it you know that's that's certainly possible um so the only half of the crew get turned into animals you know yeah. so then the other half are saying well we're not going up there and errol um Er-Locus in particular kind of almost leads a rebellion and sort of says you know i'm not not having anything to do with this and i'm, I'm not going back there um and then Odysseus, you know, because he's king of men, he just goes and fixes it. He goes yeah. and talks to Cersei and just just chats with her and explains that this isn't you know, a good way to go. And Cersei essentially falls in love with him and says, that's grand. I'll turn them back. You could stay here. We'll have dinner parties and banquets every evening. Odysseus has to And he gets around again. Yeah. <laughs> and they stay there for a year. Yeah.
1: Now it's now something that we did not mention as well. If I'm re, I not remember, this, is that he got an antidote, he got an anti potion against the drugs that they were taking. So again, that's why he is able to withstand Cersei because he got this this thing yeah. that that he drugs that he was able to not be turned into an he, animal. He he um you
0: know he manages to withstand that and then persuades her to turn everyone else back. Um. Yeah. And then she just decides, well, fair enough. I've lost, but, you know, I've essentially got a new friend with benefits in, in Odysseus. Yeah. So, so that's, that's kind of where the story goes. And they, and they just chill for a year. And then eventually the crew are nagging Odysseus and they're saying, look, it's been a nice year, but man, we've got to get going. Right? You yeah. know? So eventually they leave and Cersei says, that's grand. You know, I'll let you go. Here's some advice. Uh, here's the yeah. path you need to take. And Odysseus thinks, brilliant. You're going to tell me, you know, straight home. And then all of a sudden, Cersei somehow knows this and says, no, you're not going home. You're going to go through the the underworld. (laughs) So everyone's groaning like, oh, no, we've been here for years, man. We're just trying to get home. And they've got to go through the underworld. And then what happens? Honestly, at this point, not a lot. So we get the Book of the Dead and Odysseus goes down and some people recognize him and, you know, he chats with them it's almost irrelevant to the story like the only thing that you need to take away is they have a peril he has to do something that so far only hercules has done before Uh, well heracles to give him his greek name uh, which is to go to the land of the dead whilst alive so he does that uh, and he and he chats with some people um and it's kind of like dante's inferno almost but he doesn't see anything particularly bad um he just chats with people one by one until he runs out of time and says well i better head on then like not nothing yeah. really happens. The only takeaway from it is it's a cool thing that happened that he went to the underworld, but that's yeah. kind of it. That's all you need to take away from it.
1: Yeah, and then he gets home. I believe there's nothing, nothing, nothing really else before. Uh, he gets well, home.
0: wouldn't it be lovely if he got home? Yeah. Um. But first, he must face two monsters. <laughs> of course, <laughs> so it he he ends up back with Cersei again, and she gives him some more advice, and he sets out to see the monsters. Um. Part of the reason, I, I did leave out a detail, um, but Zeus does eventually, after the gods all have a little chat, they send their um, Hermes, the messenger, and, and he does tell Cersei that, you know, the gods think it would be nice if she let them them go. Um, well, that happens either with Cersei or Calypso. I'm getting... Sorry? I'm a little bit mixed up, actually, now. Yeah. Um, but there, there is some input from the gods. Because um, Odysseus has essentially gone in a circle. He's been living with Calypso, having a jolly time of it went through one or two trials and now he's living with Calip- uh, with Circe and having a jolly time of it. So, you know, but now you know, apart from the Cyclops, he hasn't had a lot of peril, but now it's time for two monsters. Yeah. Um back to back Scylla and Charybdis. Now, Scylla is this. Um so basically what they what they're told is you're going to be in your ship and you're going to have two pathways that you can go on. One will be with one monster and one will be with the other. If you go with Scylla it's this multi-headed beast that's like built into the caves so it can't leave the caves but it has these big long heads and necks and it'll immediately pick off half a dozen of your crew so six guys dead guaranteed uh, and if you have, hang around or if you go back or whatever potentially six more so you know go straight through whereas the other option which is a uh, Charybdis it's just this sort of unknown spooky being under the water who sucks everyone in, in, in a vortex and yeah. might take the whole crew or, if they time it right, might take no one. So the idea is it's better to lose six people than maybe everyone. But nothing's ever so simple for Odysseus because he ends up going down one path and then, you know, he just kind of messes around a bit and ends up going back down the other path. So he ends up taking on both of the uh, yeah. both of the monsters and survives. <laughs> And uh, of course it's important that even when he,
1: when he gets home, he doesn't really go home straight away. He does we're hanging around a bit even when he gets home. It's not that easy. Yeah.
0: So this is where in my opinion it goes a little bit downhill. Um I, li-
1: I quite like this part to be honest.
0: This is the part you like. I-, I preferred the I-, I mean I
1: like the entirety, but I liked this part as well.
0: Yeah. I like when we've got you know one thing after another the cyclops Circe, yeah. the guys in the underworld monsters yeah. you know now, now it's um, Odysseus you know finally gets home the guys in Asnosus palace they pack him up some stuff they help him get home uh, to be honest the, the journey home is not that easy because they pack up stuff for him and then um, they get shipwrecked again and everything else happens And but you know the, the short version is he eventually makes it home but he doesn't know mm. where he is and the reason for this is that Athena is his kind of protectress. And she, you know, at certain times decides it's best to just cloud his eyes so he doesn't know where he is or what he's seeing. And it's never really clear why she does this. You know, sometimes she speaks to him. Sometimes she disguises herself as one of his crew to speak to him. And she's just having fun, I guess. But he eventually yeah. lands back in Ithaca. At the same time, Telemachus is on his way back, almost unscathed. He didn't find any yeah. monsters. <laughs>
1: and he meets, like you said, he meets Athena and she says at made- night, the people as suitors might kill you if they see your back because they want his wife for themselves. And uh, so she disguises him, and he becomes this kind of the homeless
0: old man. Yeah, he becomes a beggar, essentially. Now, yeah. this is dragged out, for, in my opinion, over 100 pages that it didn't need to be. Um, you know, Basically, he meets up at the... I don't know, if it was me and I was Odysseus, like this guy who can take on almost anyone... I would just barge into my house and kick the guys out, you know? But no, what happens is he spends a long time chatting to Eumaeus, who's like an old uh, shepherd or goat herd. Or swine and he talks about how much
1: he misses. Odysseus yes. and his master. So he has it it hasn't been the same without different.
0: him. And he chats to him and then Telemachus comes back and they meet in the hut, but they don't recognize each other at first. And there's a long stretched out, you know, thing of this. Um, then he, you know, he he's disguised as this, as this beggar. And hmm. he goes to the, to the palace and no one obviously knows, you know, who he is. It's his palace, but they don't, they don't recognize him. He's, a, he's disguised yeah. as a, an old beggar. He's a really good cosplayer, that one. Yeah. And they're, they're mean to him. This one guy in particular, but in general, they, you know, someone throws a chair at him at one point and yeah. you know, Telemachus eventually is, is, is horrified. This is not the kind of hospitality that should be to be shown yeah. to someone in my house, you know? Um. But basically what they then do is they, they try to kind of kick the beggar out and then he you know, he, he manages to stay. And then this, this old lady servant washes his feet and recognizes, I think it's on his ankle or his shin, but she yeah. recognizes some kind of scar from his childhood. And uh, the thing is, instead of just saying to her like, shush, you know, I, I haven't made up my mind to tell anyone yet. She says, oh, Odysseus has come home. He grabs her by the throat and tells mm. her to shut up. It's, it's really quite or he'll hurt her. Yeah. You know, it's really quite quite unnecessary actually from a distance.
1: Yeah, I agree hundred <laughs> percent.
0: But, but eventually his is... son
1: and this is where we first see his son again, and like you mentioned, he's trying to be relevant until now. He's, yeah,
0: the son's with him now, but he's not really that relevant until the final battle.
1: Yeah. Um, but he un- eventually uncover Odysseus's disguise, or I don't remember if he tells him. But they work yeah, ev- him. Yeah,
0: eventually it's revealed to Telemachus, um, but they still never tell Penelope. And then someone gives word to Penelope, you know, all oh, but Odys- Odysseus is in there as a beggar, saying, you know, your husband will be back soon, and she doesn't believe it. And he somehow he knows. Um, and what happens is, all these these um, Telemachus gets a bit um, a bit bold with the suitors and they're all doing a challenge and they want to string odysseus's great bow and yeah. you know only only odysseus can string this it's you know monstrous bow it's big it's bulky it's heavy and none of these yeah. you know these lazy guys i are mean strong of course of course yeah of course and of course the only person who can string it is the the beggar odysseus you know even yeah. telemachus struggles and they think maybe he'll do it maybe he won't but the others have no chance And, of course, eventually what happens is Odysseus reveals himself and they have a big battle. So this is the big final battle. It's Telemachus, Odysseus, and the swineherd. And I think at this point they maybe gather up another servant or so. But, you know, it's a couple of people against all these suitors. And it almost turns into the Iliad Then we get, like, a bit of a blow-for-blow account, but it's just shorter, you know. Um, And we have a big fight scene. And, And that's fine. It's called the Battle in the Hall And um, it it doesn't outstay it's welcome. It's just one nice contained fight scene. Of course, Odysseus wins. There's blood everywhere. Corpses stacked up in the yard. All the maidservants come in to scrub off the blood and put the bodies outside. And some of them, you know, get punished for for turning against Odysseus. Uh, And then he eventually reunites with Penelope. and, And then at this point, Penelope doesn't accept him. Because yeah. she she's not sure. It's been two decades, in twenty years, and she's not sure if this is really Odysseus. So they ask him a little trick or two, you know. Oh, uh, tell us about our yeah. bed, and then it was a bed that he built from out of a tree because he's king of men, so he knows the story of the bed. It's too heavy for a mortal to move. So she says the bed's been moved, and he says like, how is that possible? And then she knows it's him. And then something similar happens with his dad. You know, he goes to see his dad. And they do a little memory of his childhood the dad gave him some trees and then then that's how the dad knows it's him i guess after not seeing someone for 20 years you know you might not recognize them
1: yeah yeah they didn't
0: have like at the end they didn't have photos or yeah exactly social they could, media remember. um so odysseus and penelope live happily ever after um but then they say you know your story is not done now you must go on another quest <laughs> you know but this quest is a short quest he just has to go to make some offerings to the gods so yeah that's that's fine and the last chapter is called the feud is ended and that is an interesting one where it kind of ties up not just the odyssey but the iliad it ends the whole feud and ties together yeah. the whole kind of saga and um, but there's 24 stories in, in both books and um, because there's 24 letters of the greek alphabet so it was just homer made it this nice little you know way to to set it out yeah and
1: what and is your it yeah what, what is your conclusion of the book? In my opinion, it's an absolute classic and it's a must-read if you're... Especially if you're into Roman antiquity or Greek antiquity, it's a must-read. Even if you're not into... Even if you're not,
0: yeah. Because this is... You, you've seen this uh, this story a hundred times in movies. You know what I mean? Not, yeah. not not every detail of it, but bits of it. Where they're going on quests and they're fighting monster after monster. Or, you know, where they, they have to clear out bad guys from their own... Yeah castle or whatever whatever it is we've seen elements of this time and time again it's 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 a never uh, it's an ageless story you know it it'll yeah. never get old it, it is a classic for a reason
1: but it's kind um, of one of the first stories that does this as well
0: yeah i mean it is it's curious because it was written we're talking 8th century bc and um, so actually really during the the greek dark ages so the, the period of Greece that everyone knows is sort of fifth to fourth century. That's the classical Greece, Athens versus Sparta, Peloponnese yeah. War, Socrates, Plato, Plato, all this lovely stuff. Um the, the this really progressive Athenian society and this military uh Sparta. Um, yeah. But, you know, before that, we have the Archaic period, which is the period that the, Athen- the, the, the classical Greeks, you know, looked back on and, and, and reflected on where all their lawmakers were, where their kind of societies had been reformed. And, and their city-states, their polis, have kind of been restructured in certain ways politically. Um, but before that was the Dark Ages, and that's kind of a cutoff where a lot of people will start studying from the Archaic period. You know, the Dark Ages is not a popular place to study, but it was late Dark Ages, before we moved to the Archaic period, really, where where Homer wrote these books. And because of that, I think that's part of the issue with, with poorer record-keeping, and that's why Homer is almost a semi- Mytho- mythological creature, you know, yeah. in the sense that people aren't one hundred percent sure if he existed, and then yeah, just like I wanted, to, I wanted to, ask did he really you write the works? Yeah,
1: I wanted to ask you, do you think that it was because it's speculated quite a lot if it was one person who wrote this, if Homer is real, and or if it was several people calling themselves Homer, and it ended up like kind of like Bible thing where it ended up under one name, like Homer. What do you, what do you think about this? What is your theory?
0: I mean, I think. I don't have, obviously, no one knows for sure. But I think the easiest answer to the, to the Homeric question is just to assume that the Iliad and the Odyssey were written by the same person. Mm. Now, reading them, they read very, very differently. Uh, as I say, the Iliad is, is a very, very tedious book. The Odyssey is a really fun book. Um, but then, right at the end, we have this little chapter that ties it all together, that, that kind of harkens back a little bit to the style in the Iliad. And even during the battle scene, is a couple of ways of speaking that remind me of the Iliad, so maybe I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's the same guy. He's just trying a different style, um, but there's no real way to know, to be honest. But the the interesting thing is, Homer did write more. Well, as Homer, a lot more works were attributed to Homer than just the Odyssey and the Iliad, but shorter mm. works. And I've read I've read some. There's the Little Iliad, which is similar, you know, content. And um, but the one I remember reading the most were the Homeric Hymns, um, and there's some other story about a. a Frog or something. I-, I vaguely remember, but I read the Homeric hymns and they um yeah, just poet poetic type stuff. That was that was also popular in ancient Greece with Pindar and people like that. There's a lot of hymns, um, you know, but they are they were kind of discredited as being from Homer. These shorter works that maybe at some point someone was trying to jump on the bandwagon and say, well, these are also by Homer, but I think this their style's too different, the quality's inferior. It's, it's just not the same type of, of work at all. Um so those those are not um recognized anymore as still being Homeric, whereas the Odyssey and the Iliad are. So I like to think that you know there's someone's made that conclusion, and there's a reason why we've dropped some off, but we still keep those two, you know. Yeah. And, and I think it, it's kind of like go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a shame that there hasn't been a movie made from the Odyssey. I mean, it had one in the 90s, but it hasn't really aged well. And I think it would absolutely work in today's cinematic world. Definitely.
0: Um, You'll find that there's definitely been a lot of productions made of greek stuff it's just all so old and low budget that it, it, yeah. it doesn't hold up anymore you know and, and definitely a few remakes would be in order i'd love to see a lot of new new, new uh, greek plays staged as well actually and there's definitely a lot of scope for that but I, I like to think of homer like shakespeare we look back and we think well did he really you know, was it really the same person did he really write all these things it's yeah. just easier to say that he did, like, until we, you know, we've got a piece of evidence that says that this is true. Until something disproves it, we might as well yeah. just work on the assumption that it's true, you
1: know. Yeah, and I think it's definitely the whole, like that we talked about earlier today, it holds up until the same. That's what makes this so remarkable,
0: this story that's, that it holds up. It does. It, it holds up as, because th- this is the thing, you know, you could give this to a child. You could tell them nothing about ancient Greece. They would just assume it was a kind of fantasy place, like most yeah. of the novels they're reading anyway. And there's monsters, there's beautiful girls, there's tough warriors, there's a lot of things happening. And they would just think this is a, a lovely epic. You know, yeah. they wouldn't, as long as you get a decent translation, I use reuse translation, but as long as you get a decent translation where the language in English isn't too archaic or whatever language you want to read it in, yeah. uh, you would just think it's a modern novel
1: exactly and that's that's what's amazing about this book and it should then have more recognition than it has in in today's society as well I think
0: I think so yeah I often wonder if people make the mistake of you know I'll read the Iliad first then they get yeah. bored and then they never make it to the odyssey
1: <laughs> yeah I never I, I was considering reading the Iliad but I just went with the Odyssey first and I'm honestly glad that I did.
0: I, I mean, I read a book a week. I, I've tried to do the Iliad twice and I just can't get through it. You know, hmm. it's just too boring. And yeah, it,
1: yeah. I don't I don't say I'm trying to read a book by Gibbon about the decline of fall to the Roman Empire and it's just impo- impossible to get through. So I, f- <laughs> I feel you.
0: You get that sometimes. Yeah. You do. But look, I think that's pretty much. I mean? Do you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Because that's kind of all I had prepared.
1: Yeah, the same here. And uh, if you want, to you you can find us on social media on the world that well. We are available on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you can find podcasts. And well, yes. if you if you're listening to next which episode, you might get an episode you might not
0: expect. Just wink, wink. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna look out for that. Um, we have. All the same kind of stuff, so we're in social media What I always just tell people is Go to booksboys.com Because on there, there's links to our social medias But there's also links to You know, Apple, Spotify yeah. a, a million other Pod shit, uh, catchers So if you want to find a way to listen to the show It's just go to booksboys.com and it's all on there
1: Yeah, and uh, what when, when, when do you release? Usually a month Some people forget on my if We release the last, is...
0: last day of every month
1: Okay, so we have new episodes come out today if on the recording of this one.
0: Yeah, an episode has just come out today um, and then I'll release this, you know, through the month as, yeah. a, as a bonus kind of episode. Um, But yeah, last day of every month we release because we talk about what we've been reading that month. So that's why.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much for doing this collaboration and a special shout out to TNC, that's Not Canon production for making this collaboration happen.
0: Yes, indeed. They're good guys.
1: Yes, check them out as well. It's basically like a Netflix for podcasts. You can browse several podcasts. It's, uh, it's a, a webpage site worth checking out.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and
1: so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus...
0: Quince only works with
1: factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Well, that's us then. Have yourself a good evening, sir.
1: And I'll see you next time.